Good morning, everybody. Hey, it is Thursday. You can tell I am not at the office this morning. We have closed uh, for uh, for the tropical storm, and it has been uh, one of those evenings. I, for some reason, woke up about one one thirty and heard all the wind, and just had a hard time going back to sleep as I heard all kinds of things happening out there. So, a little rough morning to start out with, but we've got some things to talk about when it comes to what's happening in the markets and uh, across the world. And we'll talk about that and more uh, when Dave joins us here in just a few seconds. Before we do that, though, I just want to remind you of a couple things. One is that tomorrow, Veterans Day, November 11th, is our annual shred day. Come join us. Uh, get your stuff shredded. We'll be there from 10 to 2. Have the shred truck there, and we will be uh, have, serving hot dogs, uh chips drinks we'll also have the uh the envy donut uh, truck there so you can get you some donuts and uh, we look forward to seeing you there tomorrow 10 to 2 uh, november 11th for our annual shred day hey with that uh also want to remind you that in the world we live there's a lot of things that you and i cannot control but we can control your certain things within your portfolio one is how much risk you have but you have to know how much risk is in your portfolio in order to decide if it's too much, just right, or not enough. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement analysis, where we'll help you analyze where you are, talk about designing the portfolio you need and the retirement you desire. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. Point seven Highlands Light FM Narrow Sparkly is there. We're at eight thirty-nine. Played a short record primarily because I knew it was going to be a pretty doggone busy day as far as government data dump, and we're looking to see what's happening to your money this morning. And what happened this morning about oh five minutes ago is we took a U-turn. Let's find out where the U-turn came from. It's a good U-turn, by the way, because Philip Statler is on the phone from Statler Financial Services. Philip, good morning. Boy, when you get just a little bit of good inflation news, the market's perfectly willing to go AP over it, isn't it? And it did definitely go AP this morning, Dave. You know, I got to say that uh, I'm looking at the numbers and thinking this is crazy because yesterday was a pretty crappy day, uh, but we made up. I mean, if it continues, let's just make sure we got that under control. If it continues at the rate it's going right now, we will definitely make up all the losses that we occurred yesterday. And that would be a pretty good-sized recovery because we were down 647 points on the Dow yesterday, down 80 on the S&P, and down 263 on the NASDAQ off of the uncertainty from the election. And the uncertainty ain't over yet, but what's exciting the market right now is we got the CPI number in, consumer inflation out of the government. And my reaction on the phone before we went on the air was, boy, I'll bet you Joe Biden wish he'd had this number about five days ago. Consumer price index, month over month, less than expected. Core, the thing that we watch the most carefully, because it eliminates the volatile stuff, only up three-tenths of a percent. And the overall CPI inflation rate as of this past month, down to 7.7 percent. Not only that's a full half a percentage point less than the prior month, but it's even less than the government expected, which is kind of a pleasant surprise because it doesn't feel that way to me when I go grocery shopping. 
Well, that's true. But let's remember grocery shopping, you know, especially when you talk about the core is mm-hmm. it's not included in the core number. So, but you're right, better than expected. And I'm going to tell you, the futures loved those numbers. And, uh, and I mean, the initial bounce was two, 2% or better, uh, mm-hmm. pretty much across all indexes. So, uh, they they really are uh, taking advantage of that this morning. The question is, you know, is this just a a reactionary bounce, or is this something that can continue on? The headlines I've seen it says be cautious of it being uh, just a relief rally. I was going to say the cynic in me says, okay, fine, that's better than we expected, but I don't really want to stick with 7.5% inflation for as long as the eye can see. And we've got a Federal Reserve Market Committee that's been saying, we're just going to keep beating this thing with sticks until we get it down to 2%. So uh, I've got to believe we really don't have any functional change in what we're looking at. We're just uh, we're starting to see some effect of those first couple of rate increases now. I think that's exactly what it is, Dave. We're we're finally seeing, and it's been, let's face it, since the real big one, the first one was May. So you figure May, well, six months, that's October. So, uh, or October, November. So we're starting to see that first main rate hike uh, take some effect. And we still got three more to factor in um, over the next uh, several months. So just think what that's going to do to us. Yeah, that six-month number is the thing that I've been bandying out. That I mean, you bump the interest rates up, and what you're doing is you're looking at renewing and rolling over bonds and uh, adjusting rates on variable rate business loans and everything. All of that junk going into the economy takes about six months to wash in. So as you say, we're looking at the May big bump rate now starting to have an effect, and obviously it's having a good effect. We bumped the year-over-year rate down to an even down by a full half a percent. So let's get another half a percent off of the June increase. We'll start seeing that next month. Well, wait a minute here. We're going to start feeling this this month's increase from November starting at about May or June of next year, and we don't know whether it's going to be too much or not. That's absolutely right. I'm looking at the effect it's having on the on the two-year um, treasury right now. It's down. I mean, if you remember, we hit a high point on the two-year treasury of 4.75%. It's dropped this morning down to 4.4%. So um, it, it's, it's affecting some interest rates, which is, I guess, kind of good news, at least for our government. What's it doing to the 30-year? You've got the more current stuff. The, long the, term? 30 year, the 30-year is still at 4.2% right now. Okay, so it hasn't bumped them up substantially no, no, it's, yet. It's, it's come down. It's, it's come down from that high. Okay. We wanted higher interest rates. What gives? I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I guess uh, yeah, they, uh, they're, they're, they're liking what they're seeing, I guess, uh, from, the, from the inflation standpoint, and they're willing to uh, take a little bit less right now. Exactly. Uh, the other government data dump figure that we got out that probably doesn't have much of an impact, but it does at the very least kind of reassure us the employment market hasn't completely gotten flushed yet. Uh, was first time unemployment claims came in just 5,000 over what was expected. We expected 220,000 first time claims got 225 on paper and on a macro standpoint. Uh, the employment picture is okay, but Boy, oh boy, did it hit the newspapers and the news sites like a brick last night when Mark Zuckerberg at Meta and Facebook said, guys, I'm sorry, i got to fire 11,000 people. And there's a little crack in an armor going on there, isn't there? 
There really is, Dave. And so I, I pulled up an article of all the tech companies that have announced layoffs or have already mm-hmm. laid folks off. Obviously, Meta, Facebook is the top of the list at 11,000. I mean, that's probably the biggest one I've seen. Um, probably because on, they've, got more, they've got more employees. So just as a percentage basis, Musk is throwing 50% of Twitter's employees out, but they've only got about a fifth as many employees. Exactly. And that's what I was going to next is Twitter's about 3,700 jobs. Lyft cut 700 jobs. Stripe cut 1,100 jobs. Coinbase has cut 1,100 jobs. Shopify has, has uh, about 1,000 jobs. Netflix, 450 job cuts. Microsoft, a little less than 1,000. Snap, a little more than 1,000. Robinhood laid off 31% of their staff. Chime, I'm not sure who Chime is, but they've cut 160 jobs. Uh, Tesla cut 10% of their salaried employees. I mean, you start adding that up, and that's uh, that's a pretty good round of layoffs that are coming here pretty soon. Now, a lot of them are out in California. They're 60 and 90 days before they're actually going to hit the unemployment rolls because of uh, California's uh, rather kind, let's say, just for the sake of keeping it politically neutral. They're very kind with their required severance pay laws. But even so, that, that, that's the kind of a number that's enough to move the needle nationally. Just Facebook alone is enough to move the beater needle nationally. Yeah, it really is. And then let's just, I mean, that's all tech companies, right? So there's also uh, an article about Wall Street laying mm-hmm. off. Obviously, the numbers aren't as big, but it does indicate that we're laying folks off. I mean, you got Citigroup that's uh, getting rid of 50 folks out of their just their trading uh, department. Uh, London-based Barclays is cutting 200 positions. Probably the big deal is going to be um, – Oh, where was it? I just saw one of those companies is cutting like um, a, almost a thousand people um, out of their their office, and they want to cut another twenty five hundred by uh, year after next. And uh, you know, this, this sounds terrible to say it, but that's exactly what the Federal Reserve wants to see: put a few more people on the job market, eat up those jobs that are open so that the number of people looking for work and the number of jobs available come a little bit closer to matching. If you're one of the individuals affected by it, that sounds terribly cruel. But on a, uh, on a macro basis, it is kind of what the Fed has in mind to begin with. It is, Dave, you know, because the Fed has been pretty um, out there telling folks that, hey, we want inflation down. And part of inflation being down is is bringing wage inflation down. And the only way to do that is to have a higher unemployment rate. And so I, I think I've seen it where they want the unemployment rate to be somewhere around four and a half percent. And, you know, the definition of full employment is really five percent unemployment. And so we've been way below that for a long time now. Yeah, I think a few years ago, we kind of informally, for lack of a better term, redefined full employment as four to four and a half. But basically, the Fed wants to get back to that traditional definition instead of having this three and a half percent stuff. That means basically we've got five times as many jobs as we have people ready to fill them, which that's not good either. When you overheat, you know, take the take the wage inflation to the side. Because that also means we make more money. But if we don't have people to fill the jobs that are getting done, uh, that need getting done, we simply, you know, we can't move forward. That That's a stifling effect in its own right. Yeah, it is. And so um, to me, what's going to be interesting is when the next um, 
job openings report comes out, and that's probably not going to come out until December now. Uh, but that one's going to be interesting to see how the things we're seeing now are going to affect the number of job openings that are available. And it would be nice to see that number drop significantly down to like 7,500 uh, this next reporting cycle, because it's still been 10 to between 10, 11, uh, or 10, 11 million. So it'd be nice if we dropped us, what, 7.5 million. Yeah, which would mean we filled some of those 10 million jobs. It'd be kind well, of nice. Or that they've taken them off the table. That too. One way or the other, having the number of jobs available come closer to matching the number of people looking for them is just the picture of a properly functioning economy, assuming the jobs match the people's capabilities. Yep, exactly. Absolutely. Another just macro overlook, we're now about 90% of the way through the Standard & Poor's 500's earnings season, and I started finding some of the statistics out. Now, granted, the expectations have not been as high as they have been in prior years, but so far, uh, according to my tip sheet here, 69% of the Standard & Poor's 500 companies that have reported so far during earnings season have beaten analysts' estimates, and that's kind of provided a cushion while we've been whacking people with higher interest rates. The fact of the matter is the companies that we're trading stock on are generally doing what they say they were going to do, and that's the primary mission of a corporate CEO, right? Exactly. I would like to see the number because, let's face it, it's, it's what, you're, what you're doing for me now. It'd be interesting to see how many people actually were able to beat their their same quarter last year numbers because I bet that would be drastically different. Um, uh, yeah, you know, we live on expectations of what these analysts say, and that's the way we trade our stocks. But, you know, do you really look at year over year and how's that stock performing compared to what it did last year? And how's that company really performing? And, and, and I think we sometimes look at the wrong things um, when we start looking at what the analysts really look at. Uh, but, but it is how the system works. And you're right. That's uh, they, they've done a little better from an, an analyst expectation than uh, than what was expected. Oh, yeah. The, the mantra when I worked at a publicly rated company was always do what you say you're going to do. And that's what that's the standard you get held to. And by and large, they've been doing that so far, even if it is on a lower plane than expected. Speaking of earnings season, I know we've got a pile of them coming out. Got a couple of high points for us. Well, let's just look. I, I'm, I'm looking at some different industries, right? So let's look at the electric car manufacturing industry for a minute, Dave, because we had two companies actually report within that industry. Um, NEO, the China-based electric car company, now they had a wider than expected loss, uh, but said that they expect their deliveries to nearly double um, this current quarter from what, what, what it was a year ago. Um, so... Hmm. Um, yeah, so they, um, you know, the the Wall Street's liking that. So they're actually up uh, 10% this morning uh, before the market gets going. The other company that we have that uh, reported some earnings is going to be uh, Rivan. You know, they're mm -hmm. the, um, I think they're the truck manufacturer, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but put together the electric vehicle. And they, uh, they had a, a, a smaller loss than was expected. Um, they've kept intact their production schedule, so that's good. Now, they are still facing supply chain issues, just like a lot of companies are, uh, but they're up 14% this morning. Wow. Yeah. There is, now, there, is some, there is some tech that's actually doing well. 
They are now. Let's. I will say they got beat up yesterday at the close. They were down almost twelve percent yesterday. So um, net net, they're they're um, about even. So. Go ahead, take the candy bar away after you get us excited, right? <laughs> exactly. So, hey, so we had some other household names. Tapestry reported. That's the uh, holding company for uh, Coach and Kate Spade. Uh, brands uh, they beat on the top and bottom lines for this last quarter but they did come out and cut their full year forecast um, again kind of a theme we've been seeing right the strong dollar is hurting them um, and then uh, China's COVID-19 restrictions is are hurting them as well uh, they're trading down uh, about seven tenths of a percent this morning the um, company we work you know they're the office sharing company uh, so mm -hmm. you can get you a little cubicle where you can come into work. Um, they had a wider than expected quarterly loss. Um, they're also planning to exit about 40 uh, underperforming locations this next month. They were trading down about 1.7%, but they've actually, uh, I guess people like some of the things they're doing, and they're actually bouncing up about 6% this morning. Forward. That's a pretty we, cheap stock. You can go get it for $2.50. So. And if you work with WeWork, you may very well not be able to work with WeWork if you aren't paying <laughs> enough for your rent, right? <laughs> exactly. One uh, or two have, more. All right. So let's look at uh, uh, Bumble. Bumble, the dating site. They've been kind of bumbling around here, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they actually did better from an earnings standpoint. They're expected just to break even, and they actually made $0.14 cents a share. Um, but they... Uh, they came out and uh, gave a week uh, earnings or a week revenue forecast for the current quarter. Um, their renewing subscriptions are down. And so uh, they're blaming it on discretionary spending because of inflation that, you know, look, you know, we can't afford a date. I guess we can't afford to find a date on Bumble because you know, it costs too much, I guess. And so it's bumbling around today down about 5%. Oh, geez. Reset the table here for yesterday. It was a bloodbath yesterday, everything being relative. This morning, all of a sudden, at 8.30, that U-turn I mentioned, my delayed quotes just updated. How big up are we at the moment? You know, it's not as big as uh, a few minutes ago. It's it's basically about 2.4%. Uh, we're up about $794 on the, on the Dow. The um, S&P 500 is up 3.2%. That's $120, folks. That's a big jump. The NASDAQ 100 up 4.2% right now. It's $451. And the Russell 2000 up 3.3% or $58. So a nice little jump across the board. Hey, I did want to mention this. One. I know we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but let's uh, talk about Bitcoin here real quick. It's yes. at 5.8% right now from just this morning, right? It was down significantly, but I did want to mention this. So if you had bought Bitcoin a year ago, you would have paid $65,000 for it. Right now it's $17,400. So, hey, I hope you didn't do that. I think we call that taking a bath. Uh, definitely a bath. On the other side of the coin, we got silver up 1.4% this morning, gold up one point one. And uh, crude oil down significantly from yesterday, up though from its close about three quarters of a percent to $86.50 a barrel right now. Cool. 
Uh, overseas markets, Asian rim markets responded to our yesterday, and they were all down. European markets are responding to our today, and they're all up, and they're having party time halfway through their day. we got a big do tomorrow. If you've got uh, something to do today, like, oh, maybe sit around the house watching the storm go by, go through your shoe boxes and go through your files and box up some important papers because we want to get rid of them tomorrow, right? That's right. we got shred day, folks, tomorrow from 10 to 2. Come by behind our office, come in through Franklin Street. Uh, we'll have the shredder truck there, hot dogs, uh, uh, soft drinks, and then we'll have the Envy Donut truck there. Uh, come on by, uh, shred your stuff, get a snack, and, uh, and, and, and have the rest of a great day. Tomorrow is Veterans Day. Uh, Dave, I won't be with you in the morning. I will be preparing for, uh, for tomorrow's event. So, uh, well, I guess I'll just have to muddle through and then see you at 10. Fair enough. Fair enough, buddy. See you then. Be well, my friend. Thank you. It's 105.7 light FM and Statler financial services. Philip Statler. Well, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember tomorrow, Friday, uh, November 11th is shred day. Come by, get your stuff shredded, have a hot dog, have some donuts. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys then. Until Monday, have a great one. Bye now.